the big elephant in the room was how do I make this work financially? So I hired a financial planner and I literally went to her that first meeting. I said, I want to leave my job in 36 months. Help. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things at Wingnut Social, Darla Jethro Powell. And today we're joined by a friend of mine, Cheryl Luckett. I have not seen Cheryl since I was out in real life pressing flesh at High Point and Luann Live and other events. So it was terrific, terrific catching up with her again, even if it was virtual. Cannot wait to get back out to the live events. Cheryl has an amazing story. And let me tell you, she is a very, very smart, put together, really organized businesswoman. Today, we're talking all about pivoting to interior design as a second career. You might be in some white collar job, you might be in corporate, you might be doing something that you absolutely cannot stand, or maybe it's just not your passion or you're feeling a calling to doing something more creative. Well, Cheryl did just that. In our conversation today, she's gonna walk us through some steps and some planning, super important, that she considered and she actually did before she took that leap and opened up her design firm, Dwell, by Cheryl. So we're going to get into that conversation. Housekeeping for this month, the Wingnut webinar is going to be on June the 30th at 11 a.m. with Rochelle Plett, and she's going to be telling you how and why you should be selling higher quality furnishings to your interior design clients and how to differentiate the cheap crap from the good crap. So you don't want to miss that. Go on over to Wingnut social.com slash webinar or wingnutsocial.com and check out the Wingnut Academy and it'll be in the drop down there to register for that super, super free webinar. Rochelle Plett is going to break it down for us, fabric, furniture, what makes high quality furniture and that value proposition to be able to relate to your interior design clients so you can sell them the good stuff so they don't go over to uh, Brooms to Go or Ashley Furniture. Not that I have anything against them, perfectly fine, but for our purposes here, not ideal, right? So be sure to head on over to wingnutsocial.com slash webinar, check that out. All right, y'all know what time it is. Time for mini news, mini news sesh. Yeah. All righty. This week, we welcome back Emily Lisi, digital content manager for Wingnut Social. Emily Lisi, what do you got? Hi. So today I've got kind of a two for one special because there are a couple little Instagram updates to be on the lookout for. Like we've done in previous episodes, these aren't official features yet, but they are ones that mobile developers have kind of dug up and discovered that Instagram is at least working on. So you're getting the scoop here. Yep. Scoop here. <laughs> so the first one is Instagram is working on a repost option. So if you're familiar with Twitter, it appears that it's going to be kind of like retweeting a post on Instagram or like sharing a post on Facebook. So this will be a really exciting change for that will allow your followers to share posts with their followers. So we did get news a few weeks back that Instagram is favoring original content. So this is a little weird that they're working on the option to repost content, but I think it's great that they're integrating this as a actual feature in their system so that when you're reposting content, like if you are going to repost content, you can just easily do it within the app. 
I'm really curious to see what the attributions are going to look like in the reshare mechanism that they have. You know, if it's going to be the original poster, original, you know, all the tagging and the information, that's, that's really interesting to see that they're doing. And yeah, we just did a mini news, not, not just a few episodes ago on Instagram. Adam Masseri, right, got on there and said, we're giving, you know, preference to original content. And <laughs> I don't want to just mm-hmm. pull out all my gray hairs, which would leave me not with mm-hmm. much left, I don't think. <laughs> all righty, cool. I like this. I like this a lot. This this is a, a really could be, you know, once we see it going, a really good way for people to share. Well, you know, you can share TikToks too, by the way. You know, just speaking of that, uh, you know, they're trying to make Instagram into TikToks, but to share your content or to have your followers share your content and to grow your your reach, this could be, I like this a lot. I love retweeting. I like resharing. So I'm all mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Yeah, same. Exciting. And then the second little update to be on the lookout for is Instagram is exploring the ability to upload full screen nine to 16 ratio images. So you'd be familiar with this size as being the the stories size where it takes up the whole screen on your phone. This ties back into Instagram, letting us know that they're working on a full immersive feed where you'll see feed posts, reels and stories all on your home screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I can see why they're they're working on this ability. My big tip here is to prepare to take lots more vertical photos. So interior designers, tell your photographer to uh, be prepared to take more vertical photos of your designs. So it's not just for stories or or reels or TikTok. They're going to actually put that in the feed. There's another mini news we did a few episodes ago. Okay, so it's all coming together. Their evil plan is all coming together. (laughs) Oh, look, here's my mustache. <laughs> if you follow us on YouTube, you get to see my microphone cord mustache, my headphone cord mustache. See? Now, what other reason would you have to subscribe? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That'll subscribe in droves. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, Emily Lisi, thank you again for joining us. Yep, thank you too. Many new sash. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get into my conversation with Cheryl Luckett. But first, you all know the drill. Cheryl Luckett had a 15-year career in corporate America as a registered dietitian and human resources professional. Cheryl launched Dwell by Cheryl Interiors. The venture began with a weekly blog chronicling her home improvement projects and quickly morphed into a side hustle decorating homes. After five years in a carefully listen to me carefully, pay attention to this executed exit strategy. At the end of 2016, she made the decision to leave corporate life behind and make design her full-time career. She is based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wingnuts help me in welcoming Cheryl Luckett to the show. Hey there, Cheryl Luckett. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I am fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> I, it is so good to see you. It's been a hot minute since I've been out in civilization and, and seen you, but I, I've seen you at High Point and in different events. So it's like talking to a friend. Yeah, it's been a while, though. It's good to see you too. Yeah, I, I love seeing friendly faces. It makes this job so much easier for me. So today, Cheryl, we're going to dive into something I can relate to and something I think that might resonate with the audience, uh, or at least several in the audience who might be listening who are Maybe they're not interior designers yet, and they they have a job, they have a job in corporate America, and they're kicking around following their bliss and following their talent and getting into the interior design field, which 
reliving it a little bit in my head is a little scary, <laughs> right? I'm sure it you, is, but I highly recommend it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm sure you can relate. So you have a, such an interesting past. And I told the audience in your bio, registered dietitian, human resources professional, you know, white collar in an office doing carpet gigs. What the hell possessed you? <laughs> Let's just start with that. Okay, so to be clear, I am definitely someone who comes to design from as a second career from corporate, but I've always been a creative. You know, like many designers, my room was my playground, you know, my haven. It was the most organized, prettiest space in my entire house. You know, fast forward to leaving home you know, leaving the nest, going to college. My room was the room that they toured prospective students through and in the dormitory. So, you know, the signs were always there. I actually had parents that were educators. My dad was my middle school principal. My mom was a high school guidance counselor. So to say that they steered me in a particular career path is an understatement. <laughs> so that's kind of how I got in the career field that I landed in. Definitely picked something a little bit more practical, at least from my standpoint in 1994. You know, healthcare was big then. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor, you know, thought about physical therapy, landed in nutrition. My mom had a friend who was a registered dietitian, so at least I had a point of contact there. I went on to complete my degree in nutrition. Actually, my degree is in home economics, family and consumer science, which ironically includes the discipline of interior design. So I really have come full circle here, but it was a long way around. So I completed my undergraduate degree, went on to do my dietetic internship, came out of college, started working in public health, had a little short stint there, and then landed this fantastic dream job for a dietitian at a Fortune 500 company in food service management. So this was around the time when uh, school lunch was becoming a hotbed for improvements in terms of health and nutrition. So we were at the forefront of that. You know, I remember them changing the, us making menus that had whole grain pizza crust and, you know, introducing fresh fruits and vegetables. So, it, you know, it was an exciting job. I actually really liked it. I had a lot of opportunity. I traveled. So while it, I never was really super passionate about the subject, I really did like my job. Okay. So I did this for about 10 years in the same company. The job grew. My, my territory grew. I was running, you know, burning up the road and I'm getting a little older now and I'm starting to get tapped for opportunities. You know, people are asking me, what do you want to do? Do you want to climb the ladder? Something in me at that point, because now I'm like 35 ish. Something is, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be here forever is this it? <laughs> so I started to have that little internal struggle around the same time I had purchased my first single family home. I'd started to nest, you know, decorating, I started gardening. It was just igniting something that was always there underneath the surface. And so I'm having this crisis at work. I don't know if I want to climb the corporate ladder. I'm really liking this, you know, designing my home thing, entertaining. It's so fun. So I said, you know what? I am definitely a type A. I'm not making any leaps. So let's just take a little course at the community college. I mean, what could it hurt? Like I got some time on my hands. At that time, I changed jobs from dietetics, same company, and I moved into HR. I was the director of diversity and inclusion. 
So kind of a lateral move, but it got me off the road. I was able to slow down a little bit more. So that gave me that time to go back to school at night. So took the first class. It was basic drafting. I fell in love. Absolutely fell in love. Met a girl there who just randomly said, you know, you should start a blog. I didn't even know what that was. This was like 2011. I'm like, what are you talking about? What? I have no idea what a blog is. <laughs> so she explained to me, she's, you know, you do all this stuff at your house. It's so cute. You should blog about it. So I did. And that led to clients within my circle of influence, because I made everybody that I knew sign up for to read the blog and they followed along. And so they're like, oh, that's really cute. Can you come to my house? I need some help. My dining room needs a refresh. My kid's room needs to be done. I'm having a baby. So I just started doing this and I'm kind of a type A personality. And so I would photograph it. I didn't, again, I didn't know what I was doing at all. <laughs> I was making it up as I went. But it was working. And fast forward a couple of years, a couple of classes later, I'm starting to think I might be on to something here. I might need a plan to get out of corporate. And so that's where Project 36, as I called it, came to be. Project 36 was my 36-month exit strategy out of corporate. So I gave myself three years. Yep. I said, all right. Three years, I'm like, okay, this was scary, right? I'm a single girl. Like, I'm in a job I've been in now for 12 years. I've got vacation and benefits and stock bonus and all the things. So how do I turn this ship? I've found something I'm passionate about. I think I could make a go of it, but I'm not making a leap like that. So I said, well, what's the thing that would keep you from making that move? And for me, it really was all mostly financial. I was getting more confident in my ability. You know, I knew I would continue to grow. I was learning, going back to school. Really, the big elephant in the room was how do I make this work financially? So I hired a financial planner and I literally went to her that first meeting. I said, I want to leave my job in 36 months. Help. And we set out a plan to chip away at you know, student loans and, you know, get money stashed away so that I felt comfortable. And so I had the financial plan now in place. I had the education plan in place. I started to really focus on brand kind of some brand development stuff like, all right, what conferences do I need to attend while I can finance it through my job? You know, what investments do I need to make? I said, you know, let's go ahead and start building the website. The blog is fine, but we're going to need something a little better if this is going to be our bread and butter. So I did all of those things and I basically just backed it up 36 months. I'm like, okay, by 24 months, I need to do this. By 12 months, I need to do this. The plan just unfolded over time. And the more those months ticked away, the more comfortable and confident I became in the leap. So I know there's a lot of ways to do this. Some people are like, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> that was not for me. <laughs> I needed to be a little more strategic. So let me dig into a couple points there, Cheryl, before we go on. I love your story. It's amazing. And you did this so smartly. <laughs> so smart. So I know that there are listeners in the audience who are like, F my job, I'm two weeks notice, I'm out of here. And I got to be honest with you, 100% transparency, I almost did that. <laughs> I did plan a little bit. I did my side hustle and I did do a little financial planning, but I was fortunate enough to have a pension and have an early pension and stuff. So that did help offset some of that 36 months. But you, that three years, 
That is discipline. That is focus. That is eyes on the prize. And I have a budding interior designers who consult with me or ask me, how did you do it? I know you were in law enforcement, you changed careers. And the first thing I tell them is to have a plan. Yep. Don't just get hot-headed and quit and make sure you have money in the bank because it isn't an inexpensive undertaking. And the second thing I want to point out and make sure people are hearing is that you actually went to school for interior design. You went, you had the, all your ducks in a row. So there was, there's nothing, there's no surprises. Everything is well thought out. So, so good on you. I, I love that. And I mean, there, can you make it going out there and just throwing everything to it? Yeah, maybe. But the way you're doing it, everything is stacked in your favor. So well done. Well done. I love to hear it. Okay, please continue. You summed it up really lovely. For me, it was important to do it that way. I'm just not, I'm a little bit risk averse. I need a plan and I need to work the plan. But it also gave me a chance, you know, social media played a big role in that brand piece. Because the whole time I was going to work, I was posting three times a day. I knew before I went to work what I was posting on my lunch break. That allowed me to engage in a community that I wasn't in at that point. Not full time anyway. So it helped me to have that time to build the demand for my service before I needed a demand for my service. And that is a really good point. And speaking in this, I almost want to say post-COVID era, but we're not, it's almost post-COVID era, right? So the yep. interior design industry has had a really tremendous two years, really, you know, backorders, we're backlogged and waiting lists and stuff. Yep. So you have to get ahead of that null, right? You kept your pipeline full by putting that out there and building that brand reach and awareness. And I love hearing that. What else did you do that was amazing and 100% right, Cheryl? <laughs> well, I'm very much a storyteller. So I brought people along on the journey. Now, I did not publicize. I didn't tell my parents I was leaving my full-time Ooh, yeah. job, good job <laughs> until Thanksgiving before the Christmas exit. I, so I didn't really put it out there, but I did take people on the journey with me. You know, they knew I worked full-time. They knew I was in school. They knew I was building a, a business, side hustling. So when I made that, and I'm all about pomp and circumstance, like I will create my own. So, you know, that's kind of how I built my business. That's also how I built the exit, the exodus, <laughs> you know. So people were very bought into the story. They have been following me now for three, four years. So when I took the slow motion video of me leaving the corporate ivory tower, you know, and jumped in the air, like people were bought into that. Oh my gosh, she's doing it. Yes. You know, so to this day, every December 31st, I post that video, you know, as a marker to the fact, not only that I execute the plan and make that leap, but I'm still here, you know, thriving. You can too. So it's just part of it is the storytelling and bringing the people along with the journey so that they're invested. And, you know, a lot of those people have become clients. You know, I had someone reach out to me on Facebook Messenger and they said, do you do full service social media? I thought you were just a podcast. And I'm like, hell yeah, we do. We do done for you full service social media marketing, SEO marketing, digital marketing for interior designers, architects, general contractors, and home furnishing manufacturers. And we do a great job at getting you guys seen by your ideal clients in the digital realm, whether that's on social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, whether it's on the Googles, if your ideal clients aren't finding you, they ain't hiring you. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com, check out our reviews, our case studies, our testimonials, and our services, and set up a chat. We'd love to help you out. 
wingnutsocial.com. A book that I've recommended often on the show, I don't know if you're familiar with it. I want to say it's Donald, is it Donald Miller? The, Donald Miller. Uh, building a story yeah. brand. Exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. That is, that's relationship selling, right? In a way, because you are, you're building that story brand and getting that no interest in getting people to, invested in you and what you're putting down. I love it. This is such a, <laughs> this is such great advice. <laughs> oh, okay, so fast forward a little bit. We're in our design firm. We're running our own design firm under your own shingle, right? Dwell, right? And Cheryl Luckett. Dwell by Cheryl. Cheryl mm-hmm. Luckett Interiors, Dwell by Cheryl, right? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? <laughs> what I'm struggles, doing what obstacles did you learn <laughs> that came up right away? Did you have a mentor? Tell me what that looks like. Okay. So again, I did a lot of planning. I did a lot of investing. That was also a part of that strategy from the very beginning. I mean, I went to design conferences. I went to one of the first design bloggers conferences because remember, I started out with a blog. So I took my PTO time, flew to LA, did not know anybody, met all kinds of people I'm still friends with to to this day. And, you know, that was kind of me investing in myself and my growth, which paid dividends later on, right? Because now I got relationships with people who were on an upward trajectory before I even got over here full time. And, you know, you need those kinds of relationships and mentors and, you know, people who are ahead on the path. So I would say that pre-investment while I was still working was really important. But once I made the leap, I continued to invest in myself. So, so I'm out here, I've built the demand, people are calling. Now I've got more capacity because I'm doing it full time. Still learning. I mean, let's be honest. I, I'm still learning to this day. You know, you learn a little bit every project and you make changes accordingly. But I had the demand, but I still felt, you know, I need to continue this growth because it's a different game now. Side hustling and full-time entrepreneurship are two completely different things. So I hired a coach who, you know, Kim Cutable, a me by design, has a branding interior design book. I hired her. We worked together. I was in her group coaching program. Then I was in her one-on-one programs for a couple of rounds. And that really it was a significant investment, but it really helped me to understand that this really is an inside game. You know, a lot of people can make a room pretty, but in order to be able to show up for your business and sell your services and serve people, you really got to have your mind right. So there's a lot of that mind work that has to happen. So that for me is what the coaching, you know, new insights to how I was thinking and blockers that I might, you know, just a whole lot of unpacking stuff. So that really was probably in the very beginning stages, the best move I made. You know, you're not the first interior designer as a guest who said that. We had Julianne Hendrickson on most recently, episode 258, who said the same thing. She hired her business coach uh, pretty early on. And that was a huge difference. And a lot of people are hesitant to make that investment, especially early on, and will wait and wait until things get kind of tangled up and ugly. And then it's going, you know, deconstructing it, (laughs) right? So how important on a scale of one to 10 do you think it is to hire a legitimate business coach right in the very beginning? 12. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I say that because you don't know what you don't know. I had no clue. Well, I think about the things that, that she helped me work through and just knowing how to frame what you're offering is so like it will save you so much time, energy, effort. I can't even, I can't hardly explain how much of an impact. And it wasn't this, these are not things about you know, how to track, how to chart. This is more like you have an inherent value and you are serving other people 
by showing up. And that is worth something. So you go to the table, right, with some confidence because that's what you're here to do. And so that really allowed me to just blossom in a way that I don't think I could have on my own. Right. Like I was viewing it very much from a business tactical standpoint. She helped to lift the veil and allow me to see it from a much bigger standpoint. I probably sound a little woo-woo, but it is a little woo-woo. There is a little bit of woo-woo. And before you were like when I took that leap, but it wasn't like a blind faith leap, right? With all your planning and everything. So that is a huge difference. So that's one part of the game is how am I going to run my business? What is my positioning? What does my business model look like? Another part of the interior design game that's a really big pain in the butt is systems and processes. What does my contract look like? What does my onboarding look like? You know, those that little nitty gritty in, in operations and logistics. And did were you able to learn that with the business coach as well? Or what were your resources there? I did not. Okay. I am definitely uh, a person who watches other people and learns. Okay. So, you know, she really helped me more with mindset, branding, visibility, big picture stuff. For those other things, I I mean, honestly, the free resources, the Pot Luann's podcast, I've always been a Toby Fairley follower from the very beginning, from my early blog days. So she shares a lot of information. You know, I really learned a lot of that. Plus, I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. I came from a business background, you know, at a Fortune 500 where I I picked up a lot of business traits there. (laughs) So I brought all of those over here with me. So I might have known a little enough to be dangerous, but I knew something. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, silly me. And by Luann's podcast, of course, we're talking about Luann Niger of a well-designed business podcast, who is the goat. (laughs) Yes. In the interior design industry. Yeah, she that's how actually she motivated me to get my start. Awesome. In interior design, which led me here to Wingnut Social, which is the love of my life. Those kinds of resources help me to fine tune systems and processes. I also hired pretty early and I hired for my deficiency. I am definitely more the entrepreneur in terms of my role in my company. So I do the big thinking, the selling, the marketing. I hired someone who was a systems kind of gal and that's her superpower. So she likes to, you know, she can see the big picture, but she wants to get in and nitty gritty and figure it out. That's her thing. That is not my thing. So when I sought to hire a design assistant who became my operations manager, uh, who went back to school and is now my operations manager slash junior designer, she's grown with me. But when I hired her, I was hiring for a deficiency that I knew that I had. Okay, Cheryl, we're growing a little bit more. We need a second pair of hands, number one, but we also need to hire someone who has a different skill set than we do. Yeah, I love that. I did the same because I wasn't even as far as advanced as you. I did not go to school for interior design. So I knew that I needed to hire those for those deficiencies, the people who had the the more technical knowledge and the more practical knowledge. And if I wanted to knock down a wall or something, I wanted to make sure that nothing fell on my head while I was (laughs) (laughs) doing it. So yeah, I heard pretty quickly as well. So and that might not be your experience in the audience that might not maybe you are the technical and able to just hold it all down. That's just Cheryl's and my, that's one path to do that. Yep. So that kind of opened up hiring someone, opened up a little bit more capacity. And I'm really glad that I did it when I did. I think I did it in year two out of. So I went one full year before I'm like, I need some help. <laughs> you know, you know, the reality setting. And, mm, I probably could do a whole lot more if I just had one extra person. So we, we brought her on. I would say the other thing that I've 
done right is really honing in on who am I here to serve. Now, that took a little time to get clear on. It's very hard. You know, we hear a lot, well, who's your ideal client? Who, When you're starting out, that's kind of hard. Like, how do you know who you, I mean, you haven't worked with an assortment of people sometimes to know who your ideal is. So I paid attention in those beginning stages and I started to see a pattern. Okay, how do I work best? How am I able to do my best work? What type of person is that? that works well with me where in the end, the result is fantastic. Everybody's happy. I've had an enjoyable time. So once I got clear on that, then I started baking in processes that weeded everybody else out. And honestly, today, that is my happiness. That is my peace. (laughs) You know, I probably wouldn't be doing this five years later if I hadn't done the work to figure out who are my people. Yeah, that's so important. I, I can relate to that as well because you're right. I remember I, I've told the story a couple times. Nicole Heimer of Glory and Brand and I sat sat down together and she's like, "What makes you different? Who's your ideal client?" I'm like, "Hell if I know," <laughs> you know, because you don't have yep. the experience. You kind of have to have a couple of headaches, a couple of ideal clients to realize. Yes, I'd love to work with them again. And oh hell no. <laughs> How is it that you're making that differentiation now? What does your filter look like? So. I put a lot of, of course, we have those pre, number one, I'm not casual. Like I am misbuttoned up, <laughs> process for everything start to finish. If you land in my DMs, you will be ushered to the front door. Like that is, <laughs> it's just not my style, not, you know, lax and, you know, let's talk. No, <laughs> set up a call, step A, step B, step, so, so that's number one. So we ushered them to the front door and we have, of course, the inquiry form that, you know, has a little bit of a few filters on it that hopefully lets people self-select out. Like budget? Yes. Like budget, like timeline, a dialogue box that allows some people to hang themselves in it. You know, like I need, yeah, give me something to work with. So I know that when I'm showing up for a call, what I'm working with. Okay. So that call though, my discovery call, I know who I'm serving and who I serve are very busy people who are bosses in their life, both men and women. And so they don't have a whole lot of time. So I'm not one of those who has a big, long questionnaire, but I am very, very intuitive when it comes to people and listening and really hearing what they're saying. So my discovery call is really set up to weed out people. I have a script that I print out every time I have a discovery call to this day. I know what it says, but I need it. I need to just make sure I'm checking off what I said because sometimes, you know, you go left. So I still to this day print out the discovery call script and I go down and I, you know, tell me about your project. And so I let them talk and I'm just listening. I'm listening for do they already have it figured out? You know, are they willing to relinquish control? Because my people are, you know, are are they really invested in name brands? Or they, you know, have they already been shopping? Do they have a vision? Like, I'm just listening. So once they go through all of that, then I take the reins and I tell them about my process. And I'm very clear that this might not work for you. But I want to make sure that we're a good fit. I want to make sure I'm not going to frustrate you in the process. So here's how my service works. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Here's what you can expect in terms of budget. You said you wanted to do your bedroom and your living room. Well, we know typically our bedrooms are X, our living rooms are this. Does that sound good to you? Okay. Well, I should tell you that, you know, 
We are very good at delivering for our clients. We're really good listeners. We want you to be happy. But what we don't do is we really don't design alongside our clientele. So when I say that, I mean, you know, we're probably not going to bring you 17 wallpapers and say, which one do you like best? And then go back and pick out things that go with that one. Well, we're going to bring you a holistic design. We're going to listen to you. You know, we're going to hopefully deliver exactly what you want, (laughs) even if you didn't know you wanted it. But we don't do that together. So I just want to make sure I say that because some people really envision going to the store and meeting (laughs) up at the tile shop and picking the things together. That's not really my process. So again, I'm just trying to weed out the people who are not mine. You're setting up those expectations as well. Yes, from the very first conversation. So now we talk budget, we talk process, we talk the fact that they're going to have to let Cheryl drive. If any of those are a problem, and then of course, then now we talk timeline. <laughs> um, so all of those things allow me to weed out people who are not for me very easily before I step foot on their property. Are you doing all the intakes? Are you doing all the discovery calls? I do with anybody who is full service or renovation. Now we offer some little low, lower level services like VIP consults. We, you know, we kind of have a process for that. I don't talk to those people, but anybody we're going to be in a long-term relationship with. Yes, I am. And how many employees do you have now, Cheryl? Well, funny enough, I'm making an offer today for my second. Oh, wow. Congrats. I say we're a lean and mean team, but I happen to have landed the best employee this side (laughs) of glory because she is fantastic. She's probably worth five employees. So I'm, she's five. I'm three. We really got a team of eight. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're adding one. I love it. You mentioned before that you're doing the big picture stuff. So, and as a the principal of your firm, that's called the rainmaker, right? <laughs> that's Making exactly it rain right. for you your t- and your two employees. Congrats on your new hire. Cheryl, is there anything that uh, you think the audience needs to hear in addition to what we've talked about that I may have forgotten to ask you before we get into the What Up Wingnut round? I'm very passionate about serving people with, I feel like this is my gift. This is what I'm here to do. So glad I made the pivot. It is not easy. It's not always easy, but it is super fulfilling. And I really go into it with a service mindset. You know, how can I help somebody have something that I've been gifted with that they couldn't have on their own without me? That really helps me in the big scheme. You know, when the you get in the weeds and you're like, oh, God, they're driving me crazy. If I keep that in mind, like Cheryl, you're helping them have a home and ultimately a life that they couldn't produce on their own. So Having that service mentality really helps me to keep my eyes focused and, you know, maybe not so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) A a terrific reminder and a good way to stay sane and and to approach those projects with gratitude when you want to murder them. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) All right. You ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Yeah, let's do it. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Okay, I'm going to go with this. You're never fully dressed without a smile. Oh, a little orphan Annie. Mm-hmm. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your favorite food forever. What is it? Fried rice. That's a new one. We haven't had that one yet. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. Catherine Ponder's The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. Okay, and why? That really was a book that helped me understand the power that the mind has. And I'd certainly use that 
in my day-to-day in terms of mindset, how I approach clients, you know, how I handle the tough times, you know, when the phone wasn't ringing, you know, really keeping focused on the prosperity principles, which she goes into in her book. And it it was a game changer for me. I've read it like five times. (laughs) I just added it to my um, audible queue. I'm going to, I'm going to download that when we hang up. Real woo woo, but I, it, I there's a that's lot okay. in there. This that's really okay. Good. I'm kind of woo woo. I'm kind of I'm kind of woo woo. As long as there's some something, as long as there's some physics behind it that can explain it, I'm okay. <laughs> Cheryl Luckett, please tell the listeners with and go to find out more about you, and we'll call it a day. All right, you can find me at Dwell by Cheryl on all social media platforms. I have a product line that launched at High Point Market with Wildwood Lighting, which you can see more of at wildwoodlamps.com. Awesome. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So what did I tell you? Cheryl Luckett did that the 100% smart way. Brilliant. The restraint... (laughs) (laughs) dedication and vision. Cheryl, nothing but the best respect. Highly commend you for that. I could not have done that. (laughs) I mean, I did last 18 years in a job I didn't like. But as far as planning to just be like, oh, what, you know, I'm done, maybe a month, (laughs) maybe three months of side hustling, and then just saying, you know what, screw it. I'm out of here. I'm done. See ya. Bye. 36 months, I think is brilliant. And that's the smart way to do it. And that's why you're doing so well, right? Because you have that commitment, that vision and that uh, focus. I think that's super important. So I, I hope you guys got a lot from this episode with Cheryl. If you are kicking around, changing over to another career in interior design from whatever job you're in, follow her advice, be a little patient, do it smartly. I mean, I was lucky, like I said, I had a little bit of pension behind me and I'm not complaining. (laughs) I ended up okay. I'm not complaining, but by the grace of God, I made a lot of mistakes that I didn't plan for. So thank you again for joining us, Cheryl. Remember to go over to wingnutsocial.com and sign up for Rochelle Plett's webinar, June the 30th at 11 a.m. She's going to learn you about them, their furnitures, wingnutsocial.com slash webinar. And uh, remember to get out there and get uncomfortable and be great. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. All right, Emily Lisi, thank you again for joining us. Yep, thank you too. <laughs> can, can I repeat that? After 15 years, <laughs> already <laughs> up right out of the gate. My hair is very distracting. My grays are glistening in the sun. <laughs> uh... Good boy, Mango.